0: Welcome back, weirdos. I feel like we just did this, probably because I literally just hit publish on our last episode, like the day before yesterday. And here we are again recording, but we love our listeners so much that we really wanted to get part two out for you guys right away. Plus, we have a big holiday weekend coming up here in the state. So, selfishly, I wanted to get this done, you know, before the weekend comes up. Oh, 100%. (laughs) I am really excited to get into these theories. I woke up to several slightly unhinged and very caffeinated voice messages from Erin this morning, (laughs) so I'm thinking she's equally excited to get into the story. But first, I'm going to warn you, if you did not listen to part one, stop, turn back, Listen to part one first because we are assuming that you did. Placed a lot of nuggets of info in that first episode, going to kind of help explain the second episode. So it's not really going to make sense if you didn't listen to that first one. So with that, let's tailspin. See what I did there? I do right but now.
1: In... The uh, the tailspin theme song is in my head. So thank you. Oh, gosh. the rest of the episode. <laughs> so
0: let's tailspin right into the story. So I know we joked around a lot about Amelia and her GI issues in our last episode, but I just want to make it super clear. We both have a lot of respect for this woman. She knew how dangerous what she was doing was. For her to stare directly into the great unknown despite the risk and do it just because she wanted to speaks volumes for who she must have been as a person. And it's because of women like her that today women have the ability to do whatever we set out to do. I work in a somewhat male-dominated business, and I just so happen to have the honor of working under two amazing women. And when i look at how far we've come it's thanks to women like amelia anywho i just wanted to make it clear that despite our humor we have the utmost respect for amelia and her legacy and i guess it's just part of who we are we find humor in things including ourselves we're very self-deprecating and i hope someone makes fun of my explosive diarrhea someday that's the dream. That is the dream. Yep. I mean, I we didn't say anything we wouldn't have said about ourselves. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, definitely. Let's get into it. We're going to kind of pick up where we left off, and then we'll move on to Erin. Your theories are less conventional, I'd say. Mine are more like navigational errors, I think. Mm-hmm. I feel like mine start a bit more obvious. And I should mention, not all these theories are created equal. Some have a bit more meat on them than others. My first theory is the crash and sink theory. So Elgin Long is the researcher who really championed this theory. He really leaned into the records of communication and maintenance records that were kept in lay. So remember when I said she had two way communication in Ley, and that's mm-hmm. in New Guinea so we really have a treasure trove of information from both that and from the stop that she had there we know how much gas she had and we know what she did with that gas until she was out of earshot with Lei. Because remember, she never established two-way communication with the Itzaka. Remember, she had to climb over a storm shortly after leaving New Guinea in the Solomon Islands. This caused her to burn up some of that fuel. So when she pops out of the clouds, they see a ship and they're able to take a trajectory using the ship, which was the plan. It should have been the USS Ontario, which was planned to sit halfway between Lei and the Holland Island. Now, remember, they still had a thousand miles to travel at this point, but recall from the last episode, there was another ship, the USS Myrtle Bank, that was stationed 40 miles to the north of the USS Ontario. There was this whole plan to broadcast a Morse code signal so that Amelia would know that they saw the right ship, but because of the radio equipment not working correctly, and don't worry, I'm not going to get into the whole radio (laughs) stuff today. (laughs) we know that they had no way of knowing for certain that the ship that they were looking at was the correct ship if you base your last heading like the last the last thousand miles of your trip on a heading that's 40 miles too far to the north that's going to put you way off when it comes to that pinpoint that you're trying to reach on your map so if you make a turn 40 miles north and then you travel a thousand miles in the wrong direction that 40 mile north turn is going to bring you way off when you get to, you know, your final destination. Right?
1: Right. I mean, you know, even you talking about this, I keep wondering, why did they have her gas? I know that she used extra gas, but why did they have it so short, like, okay, you you have to get here at this mm-hmm. time, why not just have her
0: land way earlier than that? I don't think that they had a lot of options, from my understanding i i mean they're kind of in the middle of nowhere i think that they were trying to reduce the leg between new guinea and honolulu why not have two two boats where she could refuel Ex- there they're definitely i think could have been other options i mean there's definitely some theories too anyway well more on that <laughs> so there's a few other things that are problematic here now At this point in 2023, we know that Noonan's charts were out of date, he didn't know that, but it placed Howland Island six miles to the west of its actual location. Now remember, Howland Island was only a mile long in the first place, so six miles is kind of a big deal when you're looking for something that's only a mile long in the first place. I guess his compass was off four degrees. I'm not really sure what this means because I thought a compass was just correct. Yeah. So navigational people out there are probably like, oh, no, and can explain why. But mm-hmm. I thought it just pointed north, but I guess it was a little off. So when they had no visibility, they were relying 100% on the compass. So if it was off four degrees, that was kind of a big deal. I also don't know how they figured this out. Like, I don't know how they figured out that it's coming oh, yeah, afterwards. Off. Yeah, because I'm assuming that the compass probably went down with them. But somehow, apparently long knows this long assembles a team of experts a defense contractor named Rockwell Collins for one, and they basically take all the radio information that was available from the ITSICA. So remember they were recording the strength and clarity of the signal. So remember I said it was on like a scale of one to five, five was like the clearest signals that were coming in. So because they logged that, they were able to combine that information with the available information like wind speeds for the day and what they know about the available fuel that she had. and what she was burning, like going over storms and things like that. And they were able to create a probable location of where she probably ditched the plane. And then a deep sea recovery team by the name of Nauticos went in and then looked at this patch of ocean where they feel it was probable that she ditched the plane. And this is a huge undertaking. So this patch of ocean, which is um, proprietary information, They won't say exactly where it is, obviously, otherwise other people will just go and look there. Mm -hmm. But it's a 16,000 foot deep chunk of ocean, and it's about 400 miles northeast of Howland Island. Spoiler, they have not found it yet, obviously, or it would be in the news, you know. But you can go on the Nauticos website, and I'll link to it in the show notes, but you can learn more about their expeditions to find her. Okay, so let's move on to the Nicomaruro Island Theory, or the Gardner Island Theory, as some people call it. I feel like this is one of the better-known theories. So this theory is being championed by Rick Gillespie and the Tiger Organization. According to this theory, Amelia continued on the navigational line that they were following, which brought them to an island called Nicomororo Island or formerly Gardner Island. This is part of the Phoenix Island group. It's a four mile long uninhabited island that's in line with the Howland Island, but it's actually like beyond it. It's kind of like a ring with a center lagoon in the middle. So it's like there's a ring of land and then there's water in the middle. And it's surrounded by a reef that's actually dry during low tide and it drops off quickly so it's like an underwater cliff but during low tide that reef is exposed or just really low water there were some interesting radio signals that were received in the days following amelia's supposed crash you know when she disappeared from various locations in north america So this would have been July 2nd and July 3rd. And also, how timely is this episode? Oh my gosh, it sure is. Yeah, this stuff is like (laughs) happening, you know, right now. So Pan Am, which is an airline company, they hear some calls that they were able to triangulate over the Phoenix Islands somewhere. There were also radio signals received in Wyoming claiming to hear a woman saying that they were on a reef somewhere near the South Equator someone in canada claims to have heard amelia saying that her navigator is badly injured and then most interesting these signals were heard by betty clink somewhere in st petersburg florida now she's 15 her and her dad were somewhat of shortwave radio enthusiasts She would often just sit in front of her radio with her notebook, keeping notes of what she heard and then like doodling. And she was at 31.05 KGMB, I think, I don't really know what that means, but that's apparently what she wrote down. So is this what the kids did before smartphones? I guess. (laughs) Now something that's interesting is that I guess they did some research and figured that it is possible that she could have heard Amelia with where her settings were at. And it is possible using basically a bunch of information that I'm not going to get into, but a theory about how radio waves work, where she it's called like harmonics or something like that, where these people could have heard Amelia. So it's, it's possible below are a few of the notes from her notebooks. Of what she claims she has heard. It's mostly a woman's voice, but at times you can hear a man either in the background or speaking to the women or also speaking into the microphone. So I'm just gonna read some of it. So it starts with Help me, W40K Howland Port or W0J Howland Port Waters High. Put your here to it, talking to him. This is Amelia Putnam. SOS, stop. Amelia, speak. Help us. Quick. Come here. Just a moment. In here, he was wanting to get out of the plane because it was hot, and she kept calling him back. Send us help. Amelia, take it. Sometimes the man is speaking in here. Hear it. Help, help. I need air. Amelia, things are. Here, I come. Oh, let me out of here. Amelia, take it away. Howland ny 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 marie marie ny ny oh if they could hear me it's going so it keeps going on like this and you can clearly hear amelia Earhart several times they talk about water and bailing out water it sounds like they are making plans to get stuff out of the plane like at one point you hear her talk about like a suitcase that was in a closet it's really fascinating and you can read the full transcript on the tiger website along with pictures of the actual notebook, and I'll post a link. There's a lot more stuff, but I'm not gonna read all of it because it would make kind of boring and weird reading. Yeah. <laughs> now, all this, and why, thing. Some people have concluded that maybe it's an abbreviation for New York, and that's what Betty thought that Amelia was saying, was New York, New York. There is a crash on the island of a boat that, sh- that ran aground during a storm in 1929 called the Norwich city, which could sound a lot like New York city over crummy radio. So this boat is not on the Island anymore. It has since corroded and it's fallen off of that reef cliff that I was talking about, but at the time it would have been very visible and the bow was literally sticking off of that cliff with the words Norwich city on the side. So 24 survivors were rescued off the ship and it would have been something that would have been in the news because it was like a big rescue mission and it was something that the government would have known about. So it would have made a really good landmark. It would have been something that if Amelia would have been able to see, she definitely would have referenced. So it would have been possible also for Amelia to run the generator using the starboard engine of the Electra, but this would have taken fuel. And I've heard it would have taken like six gallons per hour to run the generator, which remember fuel was an issue in the first place. So I don't know. Also, according to survivors of the Norwich city, there was a five foot tide on the island. So the idea is that when the tide came in, they had to flee the plane moving inland, and that the plane probably was pushed off that steep drop off at the end of the coral reef. Following the distress calls, a plane actually flew over the island a week later, but no one found anything. No signs of habitation, so they moved on. So let's talk about physical evidence. How, after one week, could there be no physical evidence? We'll strap in, cause it's gonna get a little gnarly here for a second or two. So, of course, immediately after saying that it's going to get a little gnarly, Erin's daughter decided that she wanted to watch us podcast (laughs) on the other (laughs) side of a door in her studio. (laughs) And my door is basically a giant window. Proponents of this theory think that Amelia died at a makeshift campsite at the southeast end of the island. And the Electra is in the deep water off the west end of the island. And it's too deep for anyone to see because it was pushed off the cliff thing. So that's why nobody saw it, because the, it's just too deep. You wouldn't see it from a plane. And poor Yen, no one knows what happened to him. I feel like, I feel like no one cares. You know, I feel kind of bad. It's like, oh, Nuyan, no one knows.
1: And uh, in all the research I did, there's so many articles that don't even mention him.
0: Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. I mean, nobody, no one cares, it seems like. There have been bones found on the island. I've heard a lot of contradictory stuff about these bones. So the first thing I heard was that they found bones, but they were kind of dismissed because they were that of a polynesian child after they investigated them they couldn't be amelia but then i heard that there were bones found in 1940 and these bones were lost but the original dimensions were maintained and then they were reevaluated in like 2018 using modern forensic techniques And it was noted that the bones were more similar to Earhart than 99% of individuals in a reference sample population. And did you hear why these bones were lost? No. Or like what happened with them? The guy who tested them said, no, they weren't Amelia's and then burned them, destroyed them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I did hear that they found the bones again. Oh. So they found bones again in Tarawa, Tarawa, Tarawa. Mm-hmm. anyway, I think it's in Tahiti or something like that. Anyway, they found the bones again in 2019. So they were talking about using DNA to test the bones. They have bones that they think are Amelia's. And apparently they were the same bones that they were using the dimensions of. And so we might know, but I'm really confused because I don't know if they're the same bones that they were originally thinking were the Polynesian child, maybe the ones that they burn. Yeah, maybe that's it. And I don't know, I've heard so many contradicting things I know that I don't understand where the bones came from. So that was very confusing to me. But that was like CNN articles that I'd heard. So it was pretty reputable sources that, okay, well, according to some, I know there's a lot of people <laughs> are going to be like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. But I was- heard they were burned from BuzzFeed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> outlets that i'd heard that they found the i am guessing that it was probably a press release because i saw it in a couple different media sources Mm -hmm. i don't really know but there's bones they think they're gonna dna test them so there was also some freckle cream which apparently she didn't like her freckles which makes me sad. sad i always wanted freckles i have freckles i love my freckles this time of year they're they're popping. They found like a thing of freckle cream, which is important to note because it sounds like while this island was at times inhabited, it was mostly by men. Okay. So the freckle cream is interesting some items that also appeared to have been adapted maybe for like fishing so there was like a knife that looked like it had been taken apart and fashioned into a spear. there was a benedictine bottle which was just like a fancy bottle that apparently amelia used to carry around which again more of a feminine item Mm -hmm. as for signs of life after being gone for a week so when that ship flew over they didn't Mm -hmm. see signs of life to kind of explain that away they're saying well okay the the plane fell off that cliff. As for her body, well, they think that she died because there wasn't a lot of water on the island. Apparently you'd have to rely on way- rain water and you, there'd be brackish water there at times. That's how the people survived from that Norwich. And if it didn't rain, then there was no water and you can't survive very long without water. So, I mean, we're talking about, she could have dehydrated very quickly. And as far as her her body, I guess there are huge crabs on the island called coconut crabs, and they think that it might have consumed her body. They think she might have been eaten my crabs. Now I guess the island was once a coconut plantation, and these crabs crack open coconuts and eat them, hence the name. And they've been known to actually catch large birds. They oh can gosh. be up to a meter long. Brace yourself here because I'm going to show you a picture of a coconut crab. You ready? I'm ready. Oh, I've seen these. I've seen that exact picture. They're massive. They are so big. Oh, I have like the EBGBs just looking at them. I mean, there's, so the picture that I showed Erin shows a big trash can, like a covered trash can that you would see At like a park or something and it's crawling up the side of it and it is like the size of the trash can so that's a coconut crab folks and coconut crabs yes apparently they're a delicacy oh so those would be huge crab legs yes i would try it (laughs) (laughs) apparently they are a delicacy they're known as an aphrodisiac no yeah but i think they're hard to get because they only grow on these like super remote islands i guess that's how they explain away why they didn't see a body or something because of the crabs i mean it makes sense yes it makes sense anywho there was also some plain parts that were found people get all riled up about these plain parts so i'm not gonna go super into it you can literally do a search and you can find all the information about was it from the electra was it not from the electra there's stampings and rivets and things that you can get into that will I mean, people will ex- say, yes, it is. Yeah, no, it's not. Basically, it's unconfirmed whether it's from the Electra or not. I'm not an expert, so I'm not going to weigh in here, but. I'll weigh in. I like this theory. You like this theory? I like this theory. I like this theory too. Yeah. I, I do have some thoughts on it. I don't know. Do you want me to talk about my thoughts on it now or should I save it till the end? Mm, save it till the end. Okay. All right. I have some thoughts. I like... I like this theory, mm-hmm. but I, there's some things I have a problem with. Yeah. So so onto the, she crashed back where she started theory. I don't think that's the official name, but that's what I'm calling it. Many people think that Amelia tried to make it back to New Guinea after she encountered bad weather after leaving Lei. So at some point after losing connection with Lei, she came out of the clouds and she tried to turn around. But then either ran out of gas or ran into some other issue that caused her to go down. So there's a couple different candidates for this. In 1943, an Australian Army corporal crashed into the jungle somewhere near Rim. I have a hard time with this one. Rubal, New Guinea. Maine? It almost looks like RuPaul, but with a B. Rubal. Rubal. I think it is Rubal, actually, near Rubal, New Guinea. So this island is kind of off to the north of Ley. So it's full of impenetrable jungle and the airman didn't know where he was, but he did take some numbers off of the rusted plane. And it was this age of the down plane that was puzzling to him because there really shouldn't have been anything like old there. So the partial serial number, and that's all that he could have made out, it matches the model series of Emilio's Electra and the construction number also matches. Since then, however, no one's been able to actually find the exact plane. And these jungles are just so dense, and they're also controlled by tribal people living in like the traditional ways, and some are really aggressive towards outsiders. Access to this part of the world is just really challenging. There's also been volcanic eruptions recently, and there was a huge one that actually wiped out parts of Rubal, making it even more challenging, and perhaps it could have even destroyed things that were once hidden there. So I have to tell you, it was kind of funny. I was watching a documentary when I was researching this part of it. They had heard that there was parts of a engine in the the jungle. And they'd heard this from a tribe that remembered Amelia coming there. They had gotten permission to travel there. So they had gotten dropped off by a helicopter. As they drop them off there, these people with spears come running out of the forest and you can hear the camera guy go oh my gosh they look really pissed Mm -hmm. the guy runs up to them and they're like hey hi you know trying to like calm them down because it looks like they're gonna get like impaled Mm -hmm. and they asked him what his name was and his name was bill the the tribal guy yeah his name was bill (laughs) it was like bill and clement you know oh my gosh (laughs) they were really really nice and accommodating and everything but it was like I didn't expect his name to be Bill. No. So, you know, I was like, "Oh, hi, my name's Bill." You know, <laughs> but anyway, I just thought that that was funny. Another new development in this area, and this is another candidate for perhaps evidence of a down plane, is off of the coast of Bouca Island. Now, this is very close to Bougainville, which is actually just west again of where they encountered those storms. So, divers with Project Blue Angel which is a team um, of underwater wreckage hunters and stuff like that, they encountered wreckage in 100 feet of water that they feel could be really consistent with Amelia's plane. Now this is a pretty new development, so we don't know a whole lot about it, but apparently it must fit the bill according to what they've seen so far. And I think that they're waiting on more fundraising to try to plan another expedition to gain more data. So again, I don't know a ton about this. It looks like, again, it was another press release that went out to like the AP. I think they're trying to gain funds to go back and do more research. So they must have enough though. I know that there's features that they look for like the landing gear struts, Mm -hmm. like there was some pretty obvious features of the Electra. And there were only so many made that looked exactly like Amelia's. And there's so many that were made and a good portion of them were accounted for. That leaves only so many that could be in this part of the world that would be Amelia's. It's important to note though, that New Guinea was a strategic location in the Pacific theater of World War II. So there are a lot of downed planes in this part of the world and it's hot, it's humid, things rust. Also planes that go into shallow water corrode much faster than planes that go into deep water. Obviously, deep water wreckage is a lot harder to spot. Shallow water wreckage is a lot easier to find, but it corrodes faster. It's a lot harder to tell if a plane is from 1937 or 1943 without a lot of research. So there's a lot of planes in this area. Okay, so the last theory is my New Jersey theory. And Aaron will get that reference. <laughs> and you will too once you get through the whole episode. But this is the Guadalcanal theory. In 1943, the U.S. had a military hospital on the Guadalcanal. This is in the Solomon Islands. So this really is the same part of the world. It's just a little bit further east, I think, from Papua New Guinea and the islands that we were just talking about. Well, a bunch of airmen were being treated for malaria and military injuries, and they reported seeing a woman that looked just like the spitting image of Amelia working as a nurse in this hospital. Now, remember, Amelia worked as a nurse in a military hospital during World War I, so she was trained to do this. And people swore that this lady was her. In this part of the world, it was on her flight path. So the theory is that she crashed somewhere in the jungle, and she was either embarrassed or unable to go back to her old life, or perhaps was unable to go back to her old life because it was part of a larger scheme, which I believe, Erin, you're going to talk about probably in a minute. or. Maybe it was just a woman by the name of sister Merle Farland who was in New Zealand and was a nurse who just happened to look a lot like Amelia and is actually in the historical record as working on this military base, but you know, whatever, you be the judge. So anyway, take it away. There are many
1: theories on Amelia that have to do with Japan. Some of them are not so great and my husband's part Japanese. And I often say that I'm uh, partially Japanese by marriage. So um, <laughs> this is completely no hate on the current Japanese people. Uh, we love you guys. And actually, did you know that Japan is one of the safest places to live in the world? I mean, I didn't know that.
0: Now, maybe not then. Probably not then. But now. No. So. I mean, <laughs> they had a nuclear bomb dropped on them. Yeah. So, so. I would say probably not. Yeah, no.
1: Anyway, so some people theorize that FDR commissioned Earhart to become a spy for the government and collect information on Japan. I love this theory. (laughs) There are a lot of variations on this theory, and I do mean a lot. Everything I read has a different version and opinion of these events. Um, One even says that they had her fake a crash landing so that our planes could then search for her and fly over areas that they would normally not be allowed in to collect info in Japan. Smart. Yep. But more popular was that she was flying over Japanese territory and may or may not have had secret cameras all on the outside of her plane. This theory says that she actually did still crash onto the Marshall Islands, but then Japan ended up capturing her and Noonan alive. So now this theory splits in different directions. The first one is that they brought her as a prisoner to the island of Saipan. There is actually a picture that we will link to in the show notes, but I will show B now. So this is a picture of a person and honestly, I cannot even tell if it is a woman or man. Oh. Yeah. Sitting on a dock, facing the water and slightly turning their head to the side. Okay. They do have shorter hair like Amelia, but that is about all. The photograph was reportedly from the Marshall Islands and also has others sitting or standing around the dock. And I also read that they believe in the background of this picture but i do not see what they're talking about there's
0: supposedly a barge with her plane on it okay but it's not the best quality picture in the world because it's you know 1937 or whatever see i don't know they said that there was
1: a boat pulling the barge okay and the barge had the plane on it so i think maybe that but
0: okay there's there's a lot of boats in the picture i think there's one two three four five boats in the picture and it's hard to tell which one is pulling a plane and I, I don't see it, but maybe if I was able to like zoom in on a bunch of things, maybe I could find, I think it's that one. Yeah. There's a, there's a boat with a bunch of stuff on it and it's kind of hard to tell if maybe there's a plane or something on it.
1: And you know what? It doesn't even matter because this picture has been debunked. (laughs) Okay. Back in 2017, a researcher found the picture in a book that was published two years before Amelia's flight. Okay. But, you know, I thought this was really cool that as recent as 2017, people are still finding out information on her or I guess information to prove that it wasn't her. Yeah. And I even read that Hillary Clinton opened back up the Amelia research and was trying to find answers and get funding for it. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Um, so I wonder if when you were talking about how they were going out recently, if that was part of Hillary's. I wonder like, thing that she was doing. I wonder, huh? So besides the picture, this theory goes on to say that Amelia and Noonan died on the island of Saipan while being held as prisoners. Japan has said they have absolutely no record (laughs) of ever capturing Amelia and Noonan and that the accusations aren't true. And I feel like this would have been a high stakes prisoner. It would have. Yeah. And somebody, she was somebody that they could have negotiated for. So I don't think they would have really kept that a secret, but nowadays prisoners of war are usually used for negotiation tactics. Mm So I'm not really sure if that was as big of a thing back in the 30s or not, Mm -hmm. and I also feel like the Japanese government would have eventually came forward and said that they had her in any capacity.
0: Yeah, she was a very newsworthy figure back then, especially during this trip, obviously, so I think you're right. I feel like there would have been a bargaining tool there. Yeah, so there really isn't much evidence on this
1: theory, honestly. I find it fascinating, though. I like that idea, though. Yeah. Um, The second part of this theory is that after the crash, she was still captured by Japan and became Tokyo Rose. And Tokyo Rose was either one or multiple English speaking radio hosts that spread Japanese propaganda during the war. And they even broadcast to North America and basically talked about how US soldiers were facing difficulties. Um, Amelia's husband grabbed onto this theory and he went and listened to a ton of the broadcasts and he said he never recognized any voice as hers. Oh, yeah. So you can actually read about who Tokyo Rose
0: was and it's not Amelia. Um, that is not what I thought that that theory was. I, okay. I didn't read the stuff that I thought was going to be your, Mm -hmm. your stuff. So when we divided up the research, we divided up she was gonna do anything that was kind of like more of the Japanese theories. Mm -hmm. And I was gonna do anything that was more of the like navigational air theories because it made more sense with what we had already already been researching. And I was assuming Tokyo Rose was a prostitute.
1: I know, when you said, you get the prostitute theory. LOL I'm like,
0: what? (laughs) (laughs) I just thought like it was, you know, I I don't know. It sounded like a good prostitute name. Like she became a Tokyo Rose wow well this is news to me <laughs> you never said anything you were never like b what are you talking about no
1: i just like well i'm sure i'll find it in my research and i'm like i do not see this Where's anywhere
0: prostitute?
1: <laughs> but either way she was not a prostitute and most likely not tokyo rose okay well that's good to know that's good to know so the last version is that after her crash she ended up on Imaru island Somebody that was in the Navy during the war visited this island and said that he saw a photograph of Amelia standing next to three other people. A man in the Japanese military, a child, and a missionary. The weird part is that he saw the photograph randomly in somebody's home. It's reported that this photograph was then taken off of this person's wall by the Navy, and then basically it, it vanished. Oh, We don't have record of the photo. We do not have the photo. And I'm sure this Navy person probably wasn't making it up. Apparently there was a shipwreck there around that time that brought a lot of Europeans to the island. Is that the one you were talking about maybe? um i don't think so a separate a separate shipwreck. okay so it's very possible that one of them ended up in a photo in somebody's home i don't necessarily believe it was amelia though and it's actually kind of sad that someone randomly took a photo <laughs> off of this person's wall without permission like this probably was a friend of his yeah and he was like what are you doing <laughs> yeah it was like grandpa
0: fred or something was yeah. in the picture and now they he just like took it
1: yeah So there were so many reports of people hearing or seeing Amelia during this time. The FBI even has a record of an anonymous soldier that said he was stationed at a hotel in the Philippines. He heard two Japanese people discussing that Amelia was alive and being held in Tokyo at a hotel. He said that they were in the room next to him, there were really thin walls, and that they were speaking English. Huh. And he said he never forgot hearing this conversation. This very specific soldier was a prisoner of Japan for most of the war. I feel like these Japanese theories don't hold a lot of real evidence. I feel like they're just like theories that people have like talked about and it's kind of gone through history where... Your
0: theories had more like solid evidence, Yeah, there was a little bit more meat behind them. Yeah.
1: So yes, I get to cover the dumbest theory. I'm sorry, it is. It is ridiculous. I don't believe it. This is actually when I sent her a voice message and I was like, I am hopped up on caffeine and I am really (laughs) heated about this theory, but I will tell you all about it. So some people believe that Amelia Earhart either survived her spy mission or somehow ended up in New Jersey and lived out the rest of her life as a woman named Irene Craigmile Bullum. Like, whoa, who, who comes up with a name like that? I mean, that actually sounds like a fake name. Like I might come up with, but I am
0: crazy. <laughs> so, Craigmeyer.
1: Yes. But also it's not like a fancy cute name. I'd be like Angelina, Isabella, beaver an Esquire, or something. But Amelia was something. something like you
0: <laughs> haven't thought of that one before.
1: Yes,
0: but- <laughs> I actually saw. I, I got to witness Erin use this. We started the up. We hit record, and she gets a phone call. She answers the phone. She goes, "You know, hello." And the guy's like, "Is this so and so Hogwarts?" <laughs> Sounds like they were using Hogwarts as a last did. name. And she goes, "No, this is Angelina Beaverhills." <laughs> like pulls it out of her back pocket doesn't skip a beat i think yes. she thought about that name I've, many <laughs> times
1: many times i've used this name so now you all know my my alias craigmile so, yeah so amelia was a tomboy maybe she would have gone with irene craigmile bollum
0: maybe that, that sounds like
1: quagmire it does, it does.
0: <laughs> the Giggity. original
1: the original quagmire Um, So this theory, it started in 1965 when a man named Joseph Gervais was introduced to Irene at a meeting for retired pilots. He was introduced to her by one of Amelia Earhart's old friends. Irene did fly planes for a short time, and she said she did meet Amelia once, but then she became a banker instead. So long story short, Joseph was like, oh my gosh, this is Amelia. And this theory took off. People wrote books about it. They went wild with it. One guy, Joe Kloss, got together with, and I keep on wanting to say Ricky Gervais from the British, (laughs) but it's Joseph Gervais. So Joe and Joseph's research was put together in a book and Irene ended up suing them for $1.5 million. And this seems like an insane amount of money to me since this happened in 1965. I did find an inflation calculator, and I found out that $1.5 million then would be equal to $14,521,000 in change. Oh, my gosh. So she sues them and submits a huge affidavit refuting their claim. The thing is, her personal life is out there in public record. Her first marriage, her husband's death in 1931. In 1933, she married again. She had a son in 1934 and so on. It's complete nonsense. Oh my gosh. That this could be Amelia. The whole time they're like, this is Amelia. And she's like, you guys, no, I'm not Amelia. Right. This poor lady. I know. And Bolem was so convinced that he even asked for permission to photograph and fingerprint her dead body after she passed. Oh my gosh. I know. And years later, a forensic expert who worked for National Geographic shared a study that he did on their photographs, and he said he found so many facial differences between the two that Irene could not possibly be Amelia. And books are still coming out saying that she could be Amelia. Did you find a picture? Like, were you able to find a picture to, like, compare the two of them? Yeah. It's not her. (laughs) i'll bring it up but okay. I, I honestly feel bad for irene like could you imagine just walking around living your life and someone points to you and goes whoa that's amy winehouse oh <laughs> and then your whole life is destroyed with nosy people and reporters digging into every aspect of your life it's awful this theory sucks boom done you do look a lot like amy winehouse <laughs> It yes so much so. <laughs>
0: but that's the it'd be the same thing you that know that would be crazy okay they bear a small resemblance. I wouldn't say that they look completely dissimilar. Right. And I mean, it's hard to say because, like, what's her name? Irene or whatever. Yeah. Quagmire. Quagmire is older. I'm just going to call it Quagmire now. She's older. So, I mean, you're looking at like a young picture of right. Amelia. I feel like there might be some Photoshop being done there. You know what I mean?
1: But I, I mean, like, The cheekbones look different. The eyebrows are different. The nose is different. Like Amelia has a really large bottom lip. Irene is very small. Yes. Like there's so many, there's too many differences. There's too many
0: differences. Plus if there's a historical record of like things happening in Irene's life when Amelia was doing all the stuff in her life, that would be pretty hard to fake that's stupid that's a dumb theory debunked yeah i need like a gavel yeah you know Shmack. boom smack <laughs> i like that yeah i i don't like that theory that one's dumb
1: so we'll we'll get on to my theory and i also want to say that i was in a caffeinated rage last night <laughs> at, at 2 a.m so who knows if this is going to make sense today okay. Okay. So this is my crazy theory. During her flight, as you remember, the Atasca could only hear her, but she couldn't hear them. She said she was I know I'm repeating things, they just hear me out. I just want to get all the facts in. So she said via radio to the Atasca that she was coming up on a boat and the crew of the Atasca came out, they're looking in the sky, they can't see her. So there's the other boat, the Myrtle Bank, and some think that it's possible that she was flying towards that instead of the Atasca yeah. like you discussed. Mm-hmm. So let's say she was. Let's say she was flying towards the Myrtle Bank. Now she's on a a different radio frequency. The Myrtle Bank can't hear her. Maybe they have the different crystal or something in their radio. (laughs) I don't know. So the Myrtle Bank is a British ship, right? And this strange plane that they know nothing about because they don't know about Amelia's flight is flying towards them. So maybe they're trying to contact her and say, who is this? What are you doing? And Amelia is continuously flying towards them. She thinks she's communicating with them because she thinks it's the Atasca, and she continues to fly towards them, getting closer and closer. They're trying to get her to stop. She is confused and they could have shot her down because oh. if you're a boat and I'm thinking this is a military boat, I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I don't know what the names of the military are over there, but let's say it's a military boat. A strange plane is flying towards you. Like they're going to land on you or crash into you. I would think that something like that might happen. So let's say it did. Let's say they did shoot her down and Mm -hmm. then they were like, oh, shoot, this isn't a bad person. This isn't someone trying to start a war. This was, you know, someone from the US. We don't want to start anything since things are already tense everywhere Mm -hmm. because this is right before World War Two. Things are sensitive. Maybe they cover it up. And that's why we never found anything. And I tried to look this up online. I don't see that this is anyone else's theory. So this mm-hmm. is an Aaron
0: original, an Aaron original, a yes. hot take by Aaron. So I don't know. What do you think? I I like that theory. I think that that's fascinating. Um, you know, 1939, you started having aggression and just weirdness happening. I don't think. That it would be completely out there to suggest that there might have been high tensions i like that theory i also think that there may have been a benefit to having amelia flying around out there spotting out potential landing sites potential refueling locations strategic spots in the pacific Mm -hmm. I mean, we just came off a huge war, transoceanic flight, obviously that would have been a huge military advantage. And the U.S. was really leading the way in long air travel. We were really ahead there. I feel like it would have been a really great opportunity. We knew that she had friends in high places. She had an ear of the White House. It seems to me like there were a lot of efforts being made to help her do this trip. I mean, they built a runway in the Pacific, right. for goodness sakes, you know? I don't know, I, there's, there's also some things that I found fascinating with, it was hard for them to be in contact with her when she was in the Pacific. Um it seems like the communication breakdown was a little bit a little bit more pronounced when she was in the Pacific. It was harder for them to understand where she was. She had more holdovers. That makes me wonder that maybe that was strategic. They didn't want people to know exactly where she was, exactly where she was flying. Mm-hmm. So maybe it could be, you know, beneficial for them to have some type of surveillance equipment. It would have been an asset. It could have been a big deal even if Oh gosh, I feel like this is a big this is a big allegation, but even if the U.S. did, mm-hmm. if they could have proven that all of that equipment was on the plane, yeah. that could have been a big deal. So I don't know. I, I think that there's some plausible stuff. That was kind of what I alluded to with when I was talking about her being that nurse in New Guinea. Mm-hmm. There could have been an advantage to them flying around and looking for her, too. Right. You know, so she's floating around in the ocean and they're taking their jolly old time looking for her too. Mm-hmm. So they're getting all that time to look at all these oceans, practice flying around. I feel like there's more to the story there. I do. I do
1: think that there's more. I still really like the... I mean, I don't like the crab theory, but yeah. I feel like that...
0: Yeah. I feel like there's more evidence there. Exactly. But I also feel like if there was the military was behind it somehow would there be all the evidence right you know yeah so as far as the navigational error theories I think my favorite one is the sinking theory Mm -hmm. and that's because I feel like the most likely scenario is that she ran out of gas she was burning way more gas than they had originally intended you know because she was fighting headwinds. She was flying over storms. She wasn't topped off like people thought that she did. They also didn't have great ideas of where she was flying, though, as far as plotting a search mission for her, they didn't really know where to look. I think it would be hard to find her. And once she sinks, all that ocean out there, it sounds like it's very deep. So if they're not really able to do a good overhead search i mean now when a flight goes down you look for an oil slick you look for a debris field if they're not able to do a real grid search of a overhead you know survey so i think of how hard like that that malaysian airline how hard it's been for us to find that they're never going to find something out in the middle of the south pacific so i don't think it's crazy to think that we haven't found her in the middle of this big chunk of ocean Right When we couldn't really do a you know super methodical search of her so exactly. he can dredge the bottom of it exactly okay, so for the Nicomaraaro one, I like that theory, but the problem is they would have had to go beyond Howland Island and it's pretty much like on the same trajectory as Howland Island. So I'm not saying they would have had to fly directly over it but if if they were worried about gas and everybody's looking up, I just feel like someone would have seen them, right? So how would they have gotten there with nobody seeing them? I don't know. That's my biggest problem with that, mm-hmm. that theory. Otherwise I like it. I like that theory, but I just, I just don't see how they could have gotten there. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know.
1: I was, I'm in between that. Like, I mean, the most likely is that, like you said, she just crash landed in the ocean. Yeah. That's the most likely, but I. that's probably what happened,
0: honestly. Yeah. I agree. I think that she just crashed and sunk somewhere. So we want to know what you think though. So leave us your comments, your theories. I'm super curious to hear what people think about this one. So that is a wrap on season one. Can you believe it? I I can't. Like this has been so much fun. I know. I love it. It has been so fun. So before we sign off for season one, I have two things I want to mention. Number one, what questions do you have for us on this episode any episode that we've covered for the season or just questions in general for aaron and i send them to us via dm on instagram at mysteriously eclectic podcast on instagram or you can just email them to us at beeseclectic eclectic at gmail.com And I'll put that in the show notes so that you can find it. You can also, I'll ask the question in our show notes so that you can just ask the question on our show notes too. We have like that feature as well. We'll answer them on an upcoming mini episode. Also shoot us your suggestions for upcoming episodes. So we're going to be planning out season two and we really want listener suggestions for what you guys are into. We want to know what kind of weird stuff you want to hear about. Finally, thank you so much for tuning in this season. We can't wait to catch up with you guys on the next season and talk about more weird stuff.